stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. The case of Randall Hopley is uh, what prompted this. Tell us a bit more about Randall Hopley, who's out of prison, now living in the Vancouver area. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a story I actually covered uh, as it happened in 2011. So uh, in Sparwood, British Columbia, um, a three-year-old, uh, Keenan Hebert, uh, I hope I'm saying his last name right, was snatched uh, in the middle of the night out of a second-floor window. So essentially, every parent's worst nightmare, you go into the kid's room, kid is not there, he's been taken by someone you don't know who. Uh, and then this was three days of searching uh, to try and find him. Now, after 24 hours of a random abduction, it is normally the case that a child is dead and uh, will not be found. But this was a rare case. Uh, there was such uh, basically a full-blown response, Amber Alert searches all across Western Canada uh, that his abductor, uh, Randall Hopley, ended up returning him and then was found later, um, I think later that day at a, at a gravel quarry. Now, Randall Hopley... There was no surprise that he did this. Actually, when this kid went missing, there were members of law enforcement or people who knew him directly who immediately suspected that this is something he would do because he had a long history of abducting children. Actually, just a couple of years before this happened, uh, he was found squatting on a property in the Crow's Nest Pass. And uh, the, the owners of the property show up. They find this illegal cabin built on their property. And in, within that cabin, um, uh, Hopley actually built a, a – it was described as a child lair. This is a room that could be locked from the outside, uh, was filled with uh, children's toys and candy, also sex toys, um, you know, lotion, um, and then uh, children's clothes that had been cut uh, to resemble thongs and, and other sort of revealing things. So um, anybody looking at it would assume that this was this was built for just utterly nightmarish and nefarious purposes. Um, however, um, he was arrested for squatting in that case and was immediately let out of jail and then went on to abduct uh, Kenyon Hibbert and just magically, it didn't uh, result in any victims. That was in 2011. So he goes to jail for this high-profile child abduction case. Any rational person would assume um, this is long past his third strike. He had been uh, victimizing children ever since he was an adolescent. And he got out of jail, and uh, there was a public alert sent to the people of Vancouver. Uh, They're not told where he is or his address. We don't have a child sex offender, uh, sex offender registry like in the U.S. where you can actually pinpoint the address. It's just the people of Vancouver. So, you know, two million people. This guy is somewhere. We think he's going to abduct again. He doesn't understand that what he did is wrong. um, And there's no reason to believe he wouldn't do it again. This is his favorite thing to do. uh, So try and stay safe. Uh, So and now to see something like that, you would assume this is some prosecutor screwed up. This is a clerical error. Um, this doesn't happen a lot. I mean, I mean, I've heard that explanation from people. That would be nice, uh, but this is actually extremely expected. Um, this is a very common occurrence where someone who has a, a long history of victimizing children, getting out of jail, doing it again, going back to jail for a token sentence of two, three years, and then this pattern just continues until you know they're they're their late seventies or, or their eighties or they die or something. Um, we basically have a justice system that is unwilling or unable uh, to keep dangerous sex offenders who have every intention of uh, you know, targeting children um, in jail. It's yeah, it's it's truly and utterly, utterly baffling. I mean, even if we take uh, aside all of the other convictions, uh, 
even just one instance of kidnapping, I mean, that, that's what an abduction is, uh, that that alone should warrant significant amount of time in prison. You need to take everything else and pile it on top of that. Uh, in this instance and some of the others you cited, I mean, these sound like people who should be behind bars for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I think it's an uncontroversial argument to make. Uh, there's a name on that list, Dale Kunath, this is in Calgary. Uh, and he, he was found, uh, this is one of the youngest um, abuse victims in Canadian history. So he, he actually targeted a six-week-old baby, um, inj- ripped, tore the, the baby's penis, um, burned the baby's feet uh, with a lighter, uh, sodomized the baby uh, with household objects. And of course, at that age, just imagine a six-week-old baby, obviously, uh, this kid is going to have lifelong handicaps as a result of this. I think you could argue if someone is capable of doing that, um, they are not a safe person. You can't, I mean, you can, refl- someone holds up a liquor store, someone is into shoplifting, someone is into vandalism. You can get that person, put them in jail, and that person can be reformed. But I think you can argue if you are capable of sexually victimizing a baby, um, you're a whole different class of person. And we have a system that mistakenly thinks that time in jail can fix you. Now, he's out of jail. I think he was in jail for about 10 years. So uh, the baby he had targeted is still a child, uh, 9 or 10 years old. Well, getting back to Randall Hopley, and you talk about what's being accomplished by keeping them in bars. Obviously, they're they're not posing a danger while they're behind bars, but they're not there to get better. They're there essentially biding their time. And it's been noted with Randall Hopley uh, that he has refused to take any rehabilitation. He has refused to take part in any psychological assessment. Yeah, and he's he, just I mean, waiting he, he, to be released. This is spurred by mental problems. Uh, I mean, he's, uh, I think, developmentally disabled and, uh, again, does not understand that what he did is a wrong thing and that it hurts others. So he's getting out of jail. Uh, I mean, a number of the names on this list, uh, whether they've, they've kidnapped a 10-year-old or, or, you know, contributed to the death of a 13-year-old, I mean, just absolutely horrific crimes on this list. In a lot of cases, they either think uh, it's not their fault um, or that this was something consensual. I mean, this, this is just an entirely sick class of human that does this, and we have a justice system that just assumes, oh, they're like us. You know, I wouldn't want to go to jail. So maybe if we we have these types sort of types types of consequences, they'll learn not to do it anymore. And despite thirty to forty years of evidence that this is insane and is only racking up more and more victimized children, women, men, whoever. I mean, this this is a very partial list just of child sex offenders we've let out. I mean, I could put together a list with hundreds of just sex offenders in general. Right. And, and, you know, look, I mean, it's it's easy and we, we do it all the time. We grumble about the justice system. It feels like bad guys get a slap on the wrist. But I mean, in, in this instant, we're talking about society's fundamental responsibility to keep children safe. I mean, you know, we can shrug off of this guy's a serial vandalizer. Uh, yet again, somebody's wall got spray painted. No, we're talking about lives that are being destroyed by these these offenders that this is something, this, this should be non-controversial when it comes to trying to fix this. Yeah, and that's why I was trying to highlight it, because you just, uh, I mean, just in the news cycle, you'll just have oh, this dangerous sex offender. Uh, you're just sort of writing it, uh, you'll, you'll see in your newspaper, like, oh, this dangerous sex offender. There won't be really the details of his crimes. It's like, you know, um, police are worried that he may strike again, so be aware. And then I don't think people really appreciate um, just the, the extent that they have harmed people and continue to harm people and have intention to harm more people, and you have a justice system that cannot keep them behind bars. Oh, there are a few cases I highlighted 
in which uh, a parole board's decision or a judge's decision did result in early release. And for some reason, there's no consequences for that. You decide, oh, this person isn't a dangerous offender. Smash cut to four years ago. Um, they've kidnapped two randomly selected 11-year-olds. Uh, and then, and again, a lack of appreciation for, I mean, they get a two, three year sentence. If you were victimized as a child, that is a life sentence. That is something, um, you, it's, you have to be very strong to get over and live a normal life. And it's just insane. I mean, looking through these stories, um, you will have a victim impact statement saying, you know, I was outgoing. I was gregarious. Uh, now I don't feel safe. I don't know who to trust. It takes a very long time to get over a child sex attack if you ever get over it at all. So we have, we're just not appreciating the damage that these these people are doing. I mean, in several cases, you have someone who has raped multiple children and is going away for three, four years as if raping a child is equivalent uh, to holding up a liquor store or stealing a car. Right. Leaves police in a pretty uh, tough situation because I guess at the one level they need to keep tabs on, uh, in, in this case, Randall Hopley, who's under a number of conditions. There's an obligation to warn the public, and you get these these dropping statements from police to say, uh, this is someone who is likely to reoffend. He's living in your area. We can't tell you where exactly because there are privacy concerns, but you should be aware that this guy's out there and he's dangerous. That's an awful thing to have to hear. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Calgary actually has a special unit of the Calgary Police, uh, whose only job is to just sort of be alert, uh, go where these offenders may be, and you know catch them doing something innocuous before someone is hurt. So uh, there is one name on the list. I think this is uh, I'm forgetting his name, uh, Lyle. Um, uh, anyway, yes, um, Lyle Larson or Sile Larson. This is actually twin brothers, both of whom right, are repeat yeah. sex offenders. And then uh, in one case, uh, he was found, it was Canada Day, and he's at the Edmonton, one of those, we have several sort of outdoor splash parks, and he was found, found uh, standing on the outskirts of that, just scaring the children playing. For whatever reason to believe they were safe, I was there. Um, I think I had young relatives uh, with me at the time. So ideally, you catch them then, um, and then you're able to, re-arrest them and bring them back in because they violated their bail conditions. But another theme of this is you let someone out of jail, maybe on day parole, on early release, send them to a halfway house. Within days, they've already shown intentions. Uh, Like, for instance, that standing outside the splash park, I think that was a few days after his release. So this is clearly someone who is not rehabilitated and intends to get back to victimizing children as soon as possible. They're re-arrested by the police. They're brought in. They're still going to get released. There's almost nothing you can do to keep someone behind bars. Um, let someone out. They're caught with child pornography. Let someone out the next year. Um, they're actually they're found at a community center trying to sign up for children's programming. Uh, you know, rearrest them. They're let out the next year. Um, they're tr- you know, trying to get into a relationship with a woman to get at her kids. Doesn't matter. Um, there's really nothing that'll actually keep someone behind bars, despite. Every intention uh, is showing that uh, there will be another incident. And and many of the instances in this list, there are. Yeah, yeah, it is quite outrageous. Uh, I'd encourage everyone to read this, nationalpost.com. Tristan, thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon. Appreciate it. Thank you. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.